Activate your personal shield and get your traits level 3, because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Welcome to the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. And in this episode, we're going over the Death Star DLC. Impressions and such. Our impressions, uh, a little, uh, an overview of what we think uh, the Death Star brings to Battlefront, and uh, our views on the three-phase game mode now that we've played it. Let's get started. Let's start out with the game mode. What do you think of the game mode, Sam? I personally have a love-dislike relationship with it. I mean, I like it most of the time, but most of the time it's just horrible. Never make it past the first wave. Waiting for the second wave, which is basically the only part I live for. Everything else is water under the bridge. Yeah, but you're not a fire squadron, fighter buff. squadron guy. It's, I'm the complete opposite. I must be the chosen chosen son of EA servers because I always get put on the uh, the beast team earlier game mode i was uh 35 and 20 and i'd say 20 of those kills were on the third wave as the rebels now what what don't you like about the game mode first off the um longness so that's not even a word but i'm <laughs> gonna say it i mean just takes so long the first wave 10 minutes i believe second wave 10 minutes it, can, it can be like two minutes. Like I got in a game mode where immediately I was the Imperials and the Rebels, like in 30 seconds, they got from one point to the other. And that was just when people were starting out. So. Yeah. But the trick with the Rebels, I think the Rebels are underpowered per se because the Imperials have all these good spawns on the second wave. I'm talking about the second wave. Every other yeah. game mode is catered to both parties. Yeah. Either way it can go. Fir- first wave. It can go either way. Second wave, I I agree that it's more towards the Imperial. Third wave, it's anyone's game. Correct. Second wave is the reason I play the game, that game mode. But really, I'm not feeling wave one or wave three. I've only been wave three once, and our team was destroying. So it didn't really last long? And literally in two minutes, they already put the balls in the hole. The torpedoes? Yeah. So from my standpoint right now... It's one of my least favorite game modes of the DLC. And it's one of my favorite. If it was just the second wave, my favorite game mode, hands down. Yeah, I think I, I, I could see in the future them either, if they could, place the droid in a more central location. Because with the Imperials having at the far end of the map, you can't find a way to actually get behind them. Like, they have, I think it's like three or four entrances into this one central area, and they... If they team up right, they could cover all four or three entrances and just dominate. Speaking of R2-D2, you have played R2-D2. Correct. I have not. What was that like? I really would rather not be R2-D2. Why? He has no really damaging moves. You're basically just a little ball on the ground that's getting shot at. (laughs) But he can do his little disruption. He's annoying to be around. I'll say that. But to be him, you'd have to have your teammates around. And when I was playing R2-D2, none of my team was around. Yeah, the same here. Like when, Except for that one game mode that I was in earlier, uh, most of the time it's been a, a push and pull with the control of R2-D2. And R2-D2 is, if you're R2-D2, the whole team is on your shoulders. 
you have to secretly maneuver your way around and and get to that extraction point. And some of the people that get R2-D2 are just trolls and like run around in circles like, oh my gosh, I'm R2-D2. This one R2-D2 went all the way back to Rebel Spawn. Yeah. And we just had him pinned up. They didn't do anything. So first off, I don't think any one control should be given to one player. It'd be cool. Uh, This is what I would like to see in the future. Them randomize it. And then after one gets, uh, you know how you reach a one and you start uh, acting up. If they right when that happens, you get switched out with another character or another player, so you can uh, get that diversity of the of the control of R two D two, or it should be on a timer. Yeah, or that. But you know, they I think they I did think what they did, and I it's think it's a good, good job. What do you think of the selection of game modes in the Death Star DLC? Of which there are three. Definitely lacking. I mean, it's on par with um, Outer Rim right now. Which yeah. The reason the Outer Rim so sparse because they moved all that to Bespin. They were focusing on the smaller game modes, so they didn't have much to go on. But I think one of the reasons that one's such a small DLC is they were getting in the groove of the DLC, trying to figure out what they want to do and listen to the feed, uh, fan feedback and trying to gauge what they need to do. But they only have three maps. The space map, the blast map, and the inside map. No, there are five maps. There are? Yeah, there are five maps. Oh, well, I've only experienced you know three. The, you know the phase two and the battle station mode? It switches out between different... Um, okay, excuse me. I did not know that because you don't make it to wave two very much. Yeah, and a bunch of the times I've gone there, it's the same one. So it's on a... it's. I believe it's on a four map rotation. So once you get there, you may you have a, a high chance of running into the same map twice. What game modes would you like to see added to the Death Star DLC to maybe uh, expand that if you have the chance? I'd add heroes versus villains. I think that that's a lost opportunity. I was expecting heroes versus villains to be in the forefront, but I. I get that they're trying to provide blah 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 season pass who don't have the season pass to pull to not have to be you know limited because what if they just have the Death Star DLC they go in there they can only pick four different heroes but that's a lot I think the reason that they didn't go for heroes versus villains is because they're saving uh, their heroes push for the uh, leaked hero blast that we saw on I uh, understand that. Reddit uh, found by uninspired zebra on Reddit the um, the guy that discovered Skirmish before it was announced. Uh, what do you think of that being added with the Rogue One I DLC? I would love that. I'd be so... I mean, that would be a great callback to the Mos Eisley hero... What Just is it? the hunt. Yeah, hunt. But I still would like a Heroes versus Villains. I mean, just the name sounds awesome. 7v7. I mean, in the Hero Hunt, I'm guessing you can pick whatever you want. They can have multiples. You mean a Hero Blast? Yeah, Hero Blast. I, I, I see them change. I can see them changing it in the future because that's kind of hard to follow. Yeah. Now moving on to the heroes, can we do that? Yes. Since we've been talking about heroes, let's get into the heroes. Okay. I wanted to talk a little about. I played Black. I mean, Hero Hunt. Yeah. And that game mode is unplayable. There's all these guys that just do nothing but play Hero Hunt, and they're really good at it. Yeah, we're running into the previous problem of uh, before the update. I mean, Hero be- Hunt. I mean, it's it's better. It's, uh, it's better to play now after the update, but still. Most players like me play a variety of different game modes, not just sticking with one and killing it and playing it over and over. But these guys play Hero Hunt over and over and over, and they win every single round. Yeah. Like, I actually did pretty good in my first life whenever Palpatine got like 21 kills. But these guys, 
they get like 50 in one life with Luke. And then another guy gets it, and he's just as good. And then all these other noobs that just went on there just to play the Bosk. You know uh, the episode with A Rogue 27, how we're talking about competitive play in Battlefront? I think Hero Hunt is that competitive scene because the people that are good with Hero Hunt, they are really good. Like They play with that single hero or villain all the time, and they know how to gauge the players that are playing in there so they can get the maximum effect. I personally think the best competitive game would be a multiplayer like Cargo. I do too. I was thinking about this just today. I was like, Cargo would actually be a very good competitive game mode because you've got a small amount of people on each team. You can get each other teamed up and you can coordinate very well. You've got a half of your team staying at the cargo, protecting it, the other half pushing towards the other team's cargo, and that'd be a perfect uh, capture the flag style game mode for uh, competitive play. I wanted to talk about Bosk. Yes. Bosk, uh, I started playing him on Skirmish, and I was like, man, this guy's so overpowered. I play him on Walker Assault, and he's not as overpowered as I thought. So he's yeah, pretty he's, balanced. He's a lot more balanced than uh, I think starting out villains usually are. But now since I played him on multiplayer, I know how to play him. I'm not going to make the same mistake. So do you change the statement that you made last episode that you think he's just too overpowered? Or I think his micro grenades need a nerf. They can take out a one hero instantly. But other than that, I think he's balanced. Yeah. His Dioxus jump is good. Dioxus escape. His middle thing's good. But his micro grenades are so overpowered. Yeah. And surprisingly, he's pretty weak against uh, normal infantry. Like I was playing the game today, and the Bosk on the other team just got destroyed. Uh, we yeah. had our team with full like R R four D four D five droids. Same with Darth Vader. I think you should stay back, not go like full force in a. Yeah, a lot of the, the the mistakes most people make is to just go straight down the middle, beast mode it, and then uh, try and get as much kills by force instead of using strategy, which is what you're talking about with your uh, Darth Vader strategy on the Death Star. What is that? Darth Vader's really good on the Death Star ironically he should be <laughs> and not ironically but you know still suitingly suitingly yeah yeah well anyway i got a 35 kill streak with darth vader and i rarely play him like non-existently play him because yeah. the only reason i played him is like okay i have emperor palpatine he's taken i boss he's taken don't want to be boba fett or dengar yeah you did, don't. i'm going for darth vader so he's basically my last choice for that yeah but still, I'd probably pick him second to Bosk. I would be stand. You know, Death Star is full, filled with hallways. Yes, that's what I love about full, it. Close-ended hallways. So I would stand there, turn my lightsaber off. They would see this red dot on the screen. They'd be peeking their heads in, throwing <laughs> grenades, which you know they would miss. <laughs> and then I would stick out my head. Hello, <laughs> triple kill with my lightsaber throw. I did only. I only used my lightsaber main attack his melee yeah one time the rest of the 35 kills were with his lightsaber throw and force choke nice so yeah yeah going on to chewbacca what are your thoughts on him i think he's pretty slow and overly slow i mean he's not as a he's not like darth vader where the slowness makes sense i guess but the more and more the more and more i play him the the more and more i like him okay yeah 
I, I've seen that too. Like the first time I played him, I was like, mm, dang, yeah, he's pretty slow. Bad. And then I started getting him more and I was like using strategy. So right here, I need to do my ground pound, which is what I've been calling it. <laughs> um, what is it? The Wookiee? Wookiee slam, something like something that. Something like that. Ground slam. Ground slam. But like in this certain situation, I need to use that. And then in this search, certain situation, when there's a bunch of rebels around me, I need to use a Wookiee roar to inspire the rebels and give them an extra amount of health. I always forget to use that. I do too. <laughs> I'm all never surrounded by my troops. I always go a little separate way because he's good with that. I mean, he can 1v1 Darth Vader and come out with over half health. Yeah. If you use him right. If he can't, if, they can't block your bolts. Yeah. It, a lot of people that I've seen made the, make the mistake of playing it like another hero or villain, but you don't need to do that. He's not Darth Vader. He's not Han Solo. He's not uh, Luke Skywalker. He's Chewbacca. He needs to be played uh, specifically to his playstyle. In my opinion, he's the Darth Vader killer. Okay, so you yeah. have Wook, uh, Chewbacca counters Darth Vader. Luke counters Dengar. Leia counters Emperor Palpatine. Like You know, they're pretty even. And then you have Lando. He's kind of like that third will that you just put under your trunk, that deformed uncle that you have that you don't <laughs> want to ever Because <laughs> I never play Lando at all. I play his weapon rarely, sucks. His abilities I don't, I don't think are so. crap. And his health is non-existent. I like his abilities. I like his weapon. But his health, I think, is weak. Yeah, well, anyway... Move on, Chewbacca. 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 <laughs> Chewbacca, yeah. I've played him enough to give... He, to be pretty good with him, like when you're low on health, like I was at 12 health the entire game because I was just trying to draw it out. We had one extra, I believe, hero, or I was the only one left, and 30 seconds left, I was trying to draw, draw it. And whenever you see a Imperial coming, use your ground pound immediately. It has crazy, oh, crazy range. Good. I was extremely surprised by the reach. I mean, it's imagine a a squad shield. Like Princess Leia's yeah. squad shield, and then add a little bit on more to that, and then you've got the range. So I think that needs a little tweak. But other than that, it ta- it takes a little while. I his Wookiee roar is pretty bad. Like you'd have to use that before you get into battle yeah. because you can't use your weapon for five seconds. Yep. Like I was in this tree trunk. Okay, I go in this corner. This is a swamp crash site. To the right of the big transport ship. I see, I think it's Bosk and Boba Fett. I see them. I was already low on health, so I'd pop my Wookiee Roar, hide in this trunk, and Bosk starts, I was at 12 health. Bosk starts chunking these <laughs> micro grenades. None the of them hit me. And he acts like I'm dead, and he just walks straight by me and Boba Fett, and I just start shooting them from behind. They didn't get me. I survived that whole game with 12 health. Nice. So, so Chewbacca is a tank, and used right, he can take on the entire team if played right. Yeah. What do you think of the uh, double uh, bolt thing? I mean, I think it should last a little longer. I don't think it should have an overheat. I think it should stay yeah. the same amount of time, but don't, and not have yeah, an overheat. Yeah, when using your double bolts, I think it should not overheat at all. Then it would be literally the most balanced class in the game. Yeah, I think they either need to remove the... Uh, keep the time and remove the overheat, or they need to extend the time and keep the overheat. Because the, by, by the time that little the bar gets to the place where you can refresh it, it's already it's gone over out like two or three bolts. And I don't think the bolts. I mean, the trait's a good idea. I like the idea of the trait, but I think he should have automatic like three bolts at a time. 
One bolt is horrible, and it has horrible aim. You have to throw it at their feet just to get some damage on them. I like the one bolt. I mean, it looks cool, but it's not practical in shooting. I think it feels like Chewbacca, but I, I can see uh, gameplay-wise. At least make it a little more powerful to where it gets a troop to half health. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I mean, I thought it was going to one-shot, but it only does like 25% health. Chewbacca's good, Bosk is good, Chewbacca's better than I thought, and Bosk is better than I thought. What do you think of the weapons? The weapons. The TL-50 Heavy Repeater and the K-16 Briar Pistol. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Briar Pistol, but I do only use the TL-50 Heavy Repeater. Okay, people. You ready? What? To hear some bad news. The Heavy Repeater will be nerfed. Next update. Are you for real? I'm absolutely positive. Who that said that? I said that. Yeah, it's pretty overpowered. I got a four kill with it. Mark my words. They're going to change it somehow. But I like it. I think it's good. I mean, the only way you can really use it was a jump pack, and I don't use two fingers on my back, so I have to put both of them, and it's pretty awkward, but still. I mean, you have to get it spot on. If you're one meter off, it's doing 99 health. And sometimes it won't kill it. I can see how you think it's pretty balanced, but the... Now the Briar Pistol's balanced. I think the Briar Pistol is perfectly balanced. It's a sniper. That little thing goes straight as an arrow. I love how it doesn't have a fall off. Yeah, but the overheat makes it balanced, I think. I but if too. you had cooling cell, cray cray. Yeah. I actually need to try that. <laughs> yeah, I K-16, I don't use it. Now the TL-50, the secondary rifle is overpowered. But still, I think it's quite balanced. Now the K-16 Briar Pistol, I think it would need a buff rather than a nerf. Yeah. Because it has a really fast overheat. I, th- I I think of it as the DL-44. Correct. I think that exactly. I You know what I would love to see is the secondary fighter of fire pierce personal shields. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because uh, in the lore, it, it, it uses the same rounds as the cycler rifle, which can pierce shields. So I think that'd be an interesting uh, way to introduce that into the game. Have this one weapon that... Acts a lot like the cycler rifle, but with the ability, the the advantage of having it not to cool down as a star card. Now moving on to the medical droid and a laser trip mine. Laser trip mine, I love medical droid. I actually like the medical droid. It's a, it's my little friend in the lonely spots. <laughs> I like to just place it. It's not like the back to bomb at all. I yeah. think you should place it down. And I think that the reason why I don't like it is because I was trying to use it like that. And a lot of people think that it just shoots out burst automatically, but only if people only are near. if no, only if someone's damaged. Yeah, it's like an AI. If you're full health, it'll stay green. It'll stay there until you're low on health. So what I like to do is place it in a rendezvous point, go in, attack, personal shield out of there. Pick up some health, go back. Yeah. That's how it should be played. It shouldn't be played like the back to one where you throw it in the battle and shoot it. It has super weak health, like yeah, three like shots. One depending the on the detonator weapon. from a little while away will one shot it. Yeah. Now the laser trip mine, if placed correctly, is awesome. It doesn't even have to be pre- placed correctly. I mean, I was putting it in a corner where I didn't think anyone would do that. Or anyone would walk by it just because I-, I messed up on my hand selection. I thought I had the jump pack, but instead I had the uh, laser trip mine. I had it in the corner. There were boxes on one side. There was a barrel on the other. I guess this guy was trying to hide out. And then, lo and behold, I see on my little uh, kill feed, 
killed by laser trip mine. Yeah, it's not to be played like the thermal detonator. It's more strat- strategic. Yeah, I like hallways, to play. It's perfect for the laser goes a little while away. I find that in these hallways, they come in. You have a wall here, a little while away, so they couldn't see the laser. So mm-hmm. I like to put it right there, and then when they come in, they trigger it and they die. Yeah, because it's pretty uh, sticks out like a sore thumb. I was surprised by the reach of the laser. I mean, I put it on one side of the room. It almost covered the whole room with that laser. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea. I'm glad it one-shots. And I think I think it's really balanced. I don't think that you should mess with that at all. Does it jam your radar? Yes, it does. Because that's so annoying. I love the, the new UI for the jamming of the radar is so cool. It looks like a, a CRT TV where you don't have signal. Yeah, I like it. Going on to the trench run. You've made it once. What did you think? I got the Luke X-Wing too. Oh, you did? What? Yeah. I didn't get to use it very much. Like, I didn't even kill someone because right after they blew up the Death Star. Oh, I'm so mad at this guy. I, I, had the, I had the hero pickup. I was going down the trench. I was in an inch to where it would have started activating for me. And this guy out of nowhere in an A-Wing swoops down and steals it from me. Yeah, I almost got the Slave 1, which I haven't had in so long. And then I crash. I touch a little bit of metal and blow up with it. I think uh, it should be instant, right? When you get it, you're the hero. Yeah. Where instead of a... Like a little low I don't time. think they should treat it like the... Um, infantry pickup? The infantry pickup. I think it should be instant because in space or wherever it is, um, in fighter squadron, you have a really high chance of either blowing up by running into a wall or a canyon or anything like that. And they or, place them like that. Or getting picked off by people that are coming at you to try and get it as well. So I think they should um, change it to where it activates faster or instantly. But what did you think of the hero ships so far? I didn't play the Darth Vader one, but I played it, the Red 5. And I don't know how the um, honor guard system works. I haven't experienced it. I haven't spawned in where it's optional. It it spo- it pops up at the bottom where it's a little selection, kind of like the cloud car in Bespin Fighter Squadron, where it's at the bottom. It doesn't have a, a button selection so you have to for scroll it. down there. You have to scroll down for it. Yeah, but I think it's really good. I like how they added the R2-D2 thing. Yeah. It's pretty genius how they did it. Like we were talking about last episode, they have added so many new things. Like I can, I can forgive them for a bunch of the stuff that they were... Uh, they kind of fell short of, like not having, like only having three game modes, but one of the game modes be a f- three phase game mode. So basically, it's like having three. But they had three months, maybe a little over that, to get this done, which I find amazing that they had it in this quality. I mean, you can go check on a YouTube channel. I did a cinematic tour of the Death Star DLC, and the detail that they put into that is just insane. I find it hard to believe that they finished it in this time. It did a good job, and uh, it could obviously be better, but they had that little short time. I wish they would have gave themselves another month or so, Yeah, because then it would have been a lot better. Yeah, but if they did have a month, then they would have less time for the Rogue One, so they were, they were in a real jam. Yeah, that's why you shouldn't set times at all. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of developers make the mistake of setting, t- um, setting times, like... No Man's Sky did this, and they needed more time. Just like J.K. Rowling in The Goblet of Fire. Yeah. She had a deadline, and she ended up being rushed, and she says it's her least favorite book. So imagine how good that could have been if they gave him some extra time. 
Overall, the Death Star DLC, what do you think? I think it's the second best, Outerim being the third, Bespin being the first. Okay. Why do you think Bespin edges it, edges ahead of it? The maps are, well, I think better built, and the game modes are better. I, I like Sabotage. It's like a heroes versus villains with an plus objective. an objective. Yeah. I, I can see what you're saying about... I think. I think the reason why you prefer the best spin maps is because you get to see more of it. I mean, space, you can't really get uh, a gauge on the differences. And then when you do get to play inside, it's either on blast where everyone's trying to cut you up and destroy you. You don't really have a lot of chance to look around. And then in the second game mode where you still run after the objective instead of having to all this time to run around the maps, kind of get a, a feel for it. So if they... If they released an update, like maybe added Hero Hunt to it, because it looks like they were planning to, because it's available in Private Match. It is? It is available in Private Match on the Death Star maps. So you could play Hero Hunt on a Death Star map on with a Death friend? Star map with That's friends. weird. I know. So I think if they brought that to there, uh, it'd be a good way to diversify the Death Star DLC, where you'd be able to explore the Death Star DLC more. Do you think the Death Star DLC is worth it? I think so. For $15? $15. Would you pay $15 if you didn't have the D, uh, season pass? <sighs> Probably. Probably? Yes. Okay. I, th- I think that too, because it's the Death Star DLC. We've got space battles in there. Like Dennis Brownville said, they were listening. They, they were listening to the fan, back, uh, fan feedback and they were putting it into action. So we've got crazy good trench run, more better than I expected. I expected just one little trench, but instead we have these this maze of trenches yeah. and uh, intertwining everywhere. I really like the addition of where you can go down into these deeper tunnels and turn right or left and you go into these underground tunnels. It's... It's super tricky, and they made some nods to the second Death Star because this is focused on the first Death Star. Just try and... I believe it's exploring a different timeline of the creation of the Death Star. Maybe they were first testing it out or just an alternate branch off of the timeline. Like, what if this happened? What if they showed up instead of on Alderaan, they showed up on this mysterious planet and they had to force their way into the Death Star DLC to get uh, R2-D2. That's what they're playing off of. So I think it's a, a really good DLC. I'm excited to see how they take this multiple phase game mode into the future. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can contact us, battlefrontpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave feedback there as well. Uh, talk Battlefront and Star Wars. If you want to be on the show, have the subject line podcast guest, have a topic and a Skype account ready because we do this podcast guest episodes through Skype. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it is tie-dye-sheep-yt. You can talk Star Wars there. I've been tweeting a lot about the Rogue One lately. That trailer is awesome. You can also follow Sage on Instagram at Tie-Dye Sheep Films. Yeah, I've been posting a lot of like different stuff that we've been doing for the podcast there. Um, I actually won a giveaway from Audio-Technica 
did a I just did a post on that. And then you can follow Sam it's at chef underscore wanna underscore B. What do you do there, Sam? Post different various food pictures. That's about it. May the force be with you. Always. Customizing is like Star Wars Barbie front. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. There's a bug on your shoulder. His name's Billy. <laughs> Billy the bug? Billy the bug. Billy the beetle? It's moving really slow. Just get it off. It's Sage. Like slow nature. Get those crap things away. I can't see it very good. <laughs> Don't do that, Sam. I think it's a stink bug. You throw shizzle. There's a moth in your hair. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yes, for real? Yes, for real. Get it off. <laughs> it's on there.